Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I think I'm Val. <laughs> you think? My, my screen is frozen, so I just see Jake smiling on my end. Oh, <laughs> so what, else, what more do you need? You're not frozen nothing, on our end, by the way. Nothing else in You're my welcome. life. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> well, you look great on our end, and everything looks like it's working fine on our side. So, mm-hmm. Well, it has been... Oh, go ahead, I was going to say the quarantine stream continues, but hopefully, hopefully we're kind of heading out and maybe we can get together soon. We're getting very, very close. This has been an interesting couple of weeks because we did hit the <laughs> one year anniversary of everything going crazy with the quarantine and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I know this week at work, we hit the one year anniversary of when we were going to go home for a couple uh-huh. of weeks and then come back. And we also just got our video message from our boss that was like week 53 of being at home. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, so much for a couple of weeks. So it's been a crazy time. But I think yeah, you're two, right, Tracy. Two weeks have turned into a year and two weeks. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. Things seem to be moving in that direction. And uh, hopefully we'll all be together soon. I just wonder if you just gotten Val, Val dropped out. She's on her phone. She's got some stuff going on this morning, and so we may get her in and out intermittently. And so we'll deal with that as it comes. Um, for those watching the video, you probably saw her drop out. For those listening to the audio, that's why she hasn't said much in the last couple of minutes because she did drop out. Uh, but hopefully we'll get her back soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting time and and. Um, we are on course to be together very soon and, and be able to record in person. So Yay. hopefully in a, in maybe about a month's time, maybe we'll be I think pretty, so, yeah. pretty close to ready to do getting, that. You're getting your second shot today. I get mine in right. a couple days. Val's getting her first shot today. So yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think about a month from now we could be looking at, at getting together, which would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. So uh, exciting things happening. Um, and amongst that, we've got the Snyder cut that came out this week that a lot of people were very mm-hmm. excited about. We're not going to talk about that on this episode because we want to remind everybody that on Thursday at 7 p.m. we 7 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, uh, we are going to be going live on our Facebook stream and our YouTube channel. So make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you know when we've gone live. Um, and make sure you're following us on Facebook. So whichever medium you want to watch us on, you'll be able to join that conversation. We wanted to give you a week to tackle this movie from you, when it you came. You need a week. I think you need so. A week it's to get through the four hour cut. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a long movie. <laughs> I will say, and I don't, you know, not to get into spoilers or anything like that, but I do like that it is kind of broken up into parts. So you really don't have to sit down and watch it in a four hour yeah. block. They've conveniently whether on purpose, I mean, obviously they put the parts in there on purpose, but they've put it in spots where, you know, an hour or so at a time, you can kind of tackle this movie. So, oh, okay. I'll pop out now and come back and I know where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, we are going to talk about it. I think we all have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and we have some special guests coming. We do. We have, uh, we've got a bunch from uh, stolen droids and various stolen droids projects that are going to be on there. And we've also got a YouTuber uh, from the nineties kid YouTube channel uh, who will be on there as well. So lots of, uh, lots of special guests, a lot of people that have a lot to say on this. Yeah. 
So, and I know we've got a good mix. We've got a good mix of people who didn't care for it and people who really liked it. And so I think it'll be a good conversation. So you won't want to miss that, but it'll be an even better conversation. If you guys join us live with your questions and comments. So yes, absolutely. And then the other big thing that came out this week was Falcon and the winter soldier. The first Mm -hmm. episode dropped of that. Um, Real quick initial thought. I I liked it. it. It felt a lot like, um, the winter soldier movie, kind of the same kind mm-hmm. of pacing and feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of my favorite, uh, MCU movies is the winter soldier. And so, uh, it, it Yay! felt like the pacing was similar. Bows back everybody. Mobile hey, podcasting unit. She's yeah, in she's the mobile, in mobile podcasting, podcasting unit. MPU. <laughs> so we, we were just, we were just filling in everybody on our, um, Snyder cut live stream that we're doing on Thursday, Val, um, and letting everybody know about that. Um, and then just talking about Falcon and winter soldier. We, we may have lost her as she's traveling. Yeah. So we're going to, I don't know that she would have, Hopefully oh. she'll pop back in. All right. There you there go. We, <laughs> we had you frozen for a second there, Val. So I dropped you out because I didn't know you'd be, a, if you'd be a big fan of your face. Yeah, you froze. I really know. Like in general, in general, I'm not a big fan of my face, so I appreciate it. I love that face. Yeah, exactly. There's something about like Facebook and Streamyard, though. Every time it freezes me, freezes me like on the worst face in the world. Like whatever your worst angle is, that's what that's Facebook needs to like capture when it freezes you like on a video or something i don't know zuckerberg what your plan is but you suck well i think it's part all part of his evil plan he spent his whole life being awkward in social situations and feeling awkward so he's like gonna make the rest of us feel awkward whenever he can he's got it pre-programmed in if i have the ability i would do the same thing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) so so real quick if we recast time bandits would you cast Mark Zuckerberg as evil? Oh, wow. Thing. <laughs> I wouldn't recast it because it's awful. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. We're jumping right in. We'll talk. We'll you know, talk Falcon and Winter Soldier later. Let's watch I love, I, I, love I wish Falcon. she was more expressive. I wish she would explain how she felt. <laughs> yeah, Val's always struggled with expressing. Sure, I'm that. super passive aggressive about my feelings these days. Yeah, we've noticed. <laughs> I have paid about fifty five hundred dollars to two therapists in the past eighteen months, two two years, whatever, to be to not be passive aggressive, and it's working. Therapy, yeah. I say exactly how I feel, what I need. <laughs> well, yeah, and don't don't waste passive aggressivism on a uh, on a movie. Like, just tell us how you feel. From yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Falcon, <laughs> but you guys, Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's it's not what WandaVision was." Oh, it's not, and it it's not supposed to be. Right, right. And kind of WandaVision, I think, was for the deep divers of of the nerd community, right? Like, I banned all of it, but then after Ty from uh, Multiplane Podcast, after he explained a lot of things to me after each episode, I really 
enjoyed each episode a little bit more. And I do mm-hmm. love how one division ended and where it's leading us into the MCU. But what I love about Winter Soldier is that I get to see two characters that I love again in a universe that I understand and love. And you guys know how much I love getting to know like the backstory of a superhero or a villain. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. yeah, there's more character development in that 50 minutes than those guys got in the pri- uh, previous 10 movies. Yeah, which is yeah. which is great because I, I love what we're seeing so far with them. And I agree. I, and like I said, I feel like the pacing is very similar to what we saw in, in the movie, The Winter Soldier. Um, yeah. And that was, it's one of my favorite MCU movies. And what I love about the MCU is they realize that each of their characters are different. So each of their movies and each of their series are going to be different. To your point, Val, about WandaVision being completely different than what this series is. Well, yeah, because these are totally different characters. And if it was exactly the same, I would be a little bit, like, don't give me a cookie cutter. Everything's Mm -hmm. going to be the same. That's kind of what DC has done with their Arrowverse movie or series. Like each series feels Mm -hmm. the same. I love that the movies are different. I love that the series are different. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited. Episode one was good and I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Yeah. Episode one was already controversial and I love it. Like you're enjoying where it's going and then they just hit you with the big stuff, like right out of the gate. I'm not going to say what it is, but I, I just, I miss, you know, end game, like was the end for a while. And I just miss Mm -hmm. having the feeling having that feeling that the MCU gave us. They gave us such a great feeling every time we went into the theater, even Iron Man 2. Like, I even got the feeling then, even though it's not, you know, my favorite Iron Man movie. But, like, I think a lot of us just really miss that and need it, and that's what you get from this series. And it was just a nice feeling when I got to watch it earlier in the week. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I, I agree. All right. Let's talk about our March Madness movie pick of the week. And Tracy, you picked this one. It's 1981. Terry Gilliam, who, or Gilliam, I don't, I, I never know. It's like GIF and GIF. Is it? <laughs> it's GIF and it's Gilliam. Okay. Well, it's GIF and it's Gilliam. Got it. It's All right. GIF. <laughs> but, but uh, like he, he wrote this, he directed it. Um, if you know some of his it. other stuff, he produced it. Um, he also, he was the director on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He's also mm-hmm. done a bunch of uh, other movies, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, when I was looking through, was one of the movies yep. that he's directed. So he's got a very distinct style, mm-hmm. and that style is, it's going to be weird. There's just, It's just going to feel 100%. weird. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is exactly what you expect from a 1981 mm-hmm. Terry Gilliam-directed movie. Um mm-hmm. It, I mean, to me, it was it was weird and offbeat and everything that I expected it to be from this particular director and writer and producer. Yeah, so Gilliam, he's an interesting guy. He was the only American in Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved to uh, England and later renounced his U.S. citizenship and became a naturalized British citizen. Um, oh. He started off as an animator. Mm-hmm. He started off as a guy who was uh, doing cartoons and little animations and then started doing the animations for the Monty Python sketches and um, went on, like you said, to direct Holy Grail. He's done the Fisher King. He did 12 monkeys. Um, 
he's he's done so much stuff and he and and I love what you said Jake is is he is such a distinctive yeah. filmmaker it reminds me of last yeah. a couple of weeks ago when we did staff picks and we talked about Tim Burton mm-hmm. and we talked about how you can tell that it's a Tim Burton film Terry Gilliam is the same way and this is a movie that I saw when I was young. Um, I remember seeing it when I was like 10 or 12 um, on VHS. I fell in love with it because I loved the idea of time travel and, and the map and good and evil and stuff like that. Um, So it was interesting to go back and, and, and revisit, but this was one of the movies that kind of launched my love of cinema. This I'd say star Wars, the Indiana Jones, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those were kind of the films that really spurred my imagination into filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Val's face is priceless. <laughs> so Val, I, from your face, it appears that you feel very similar about this movie <laughs> as Tracy. Yeah. I want to know why the crap you didn't choose 12 Monkeys. In, like 12 Monkeys for me like I would put in that category with like when I watched it, I was just really like, I didn't know you could do this in filmmaking. I love star Wars. I love, you know, all the movies that I love that got me into wanting to be a filmmaker. And I'm a huge fan of his and all of his movies. And I thought I had seen this movie and then I turned it on and I was like, okay, some of these characters like look familiar, but I'm not like remembering a whole lot about this. Mm Mm-hmm. And as I keep going, I'm like, what the heck am I watching right now? You guys know I love weird and I love mm-hmm. big movies. But maybe it was because I've spent like the whole week revisiting, you know, the Snyder verse and I or the like <laughs> Snyder cut. And then I went back and watched like the other movies leading up to just to get like this taste in my mouth. Well, that taste maybe hasn't gone away because I <laughs> just was like, I don't know. Like I usually like love. Like tonight, I'm gonna watch the the new Nicolas Cage movie that's gonna be on Netflix, where he's a jujitsu world saver. Oh that's yes, what we think about um, Nicolas Cage. Clearly. But like, I'm all into the bad movies, but this one just didn't. I don't didn't know. Work for you. Well, and, and, and well, like I'm I said, in my bed, but I'm laying in my bed and I go and I'm watching this movie, and then Dave comes in from work and he's like what the heck are you doing? Like, what is happening? What are you watching? And I thought for sure he'd be into the ridiculousness, but I don't know. Maybe it, the, maybe it wasn't the right time. I don't know. I don't gotcha. know. Yeah. Well, and so when I say that I would, I would put it in the same arena as Raiders, as Star Wars, I'm talking about my 10 year old, self yeah this is not my current self 12 monkeys time bandits is not a perfect movie um it's only an hour and 50 minutes but it's still a little bloated it could use some trimming um Mm -hmm. but there's stuff in there that i really like and and one of the things is this is a movie about imagination and so many of his films is and this is about and he said this is part of a trilogy of his films um the second Mm -hmm. one being brazil which is a fantastic movie Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the adventures of Baron Munchausen. So you have the the experiences through the eyes of a child in Time Bandits. You have the man in Brazil in his 30s. And then you have um, the older man in, in 
Bunch, uh, Munchausen. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a very interesting filmmaker, and I wish he was a better person. Um, unfortunately, a lot of his in, in kind of this age of social media, we're kind of getting into the mindset more of some mm-hmm. of our artists, and you kind of go, mm, I'm not sure if I like what's there, you know. Yeah. And so I kind of have this relationship with him now, where I'm like, Ugh. but as it- a filmmaker. I appreciate what he does and he is so different. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely, I agree that, that it does feel a little bloated. It, it was interesting. We were, I was watching it and my son came in and he's watching it with me for a few minutes and I wasn't overly worried. It was, it it's rated PG. There's really not anything. It is kind of geared more toward the kids, even um, in the humor yes. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I say that cause you can watch like Monty Python on the Holy Grail. That's also PG but that was before PG-13 movies. And there are a few things where you're like, okay, I don't want you to ask any questions about what they just said there. Cause I don't want to explain it, but this one, there, there isn't any of that. So he's watching it with me and he's asking me questions. Like it blew his mind that his name was Kevin, like the kid in home alone and things like that. And then he was like, he's watching it for a few minutes. And it's like the part where the giant comes out of the water they're on the ship and it's like the hat of a giant and he comes out of the water and he kind of looks at me. He's like, dad, what kind of movie is this even? (laughs) And I'm like, it is a silly, absurd movie. He's like, yeah, I like silly movies sometimes. And then he kind of walked out. So that was Ben's review of this movie. That's what I'm stealing Ben's review. Way to go, Ben. I like silly movies sometimes. I think it was just there's so many like jolting <laughs> moments like even in the beginning of the film when the characters are just jumping in and out of like the scene mm-hmm. and I'm just like what like again I had just watched a movie with horrific special effects so like I didn't <laughs> expect <laughs> okay but but that's one of the things that I love about this movie is that it is these homemade special effects Okay. On a shoestring budget done in right. the early oh, wait 80s. Till next week, you are going to love rubber so much. <laughs> but like, I love the, the the fact that they built a false wall and then they like push it down the hallway. Like that's so I did like that. There were creative. there were some really inventive things. I have to say, like the inventiveness of the movie. I really enjoyed like once you take just like the nonsensical stuff out, Mm -hmm. like I really like, if you think about how to make a movie and how to make one like with no budget and just have really good time with it, like they did a really good job. And if I, and I probably did watch this when I was 10 again, I thought I had, and it seemed familiar, but then I was like, but I thought I'd remember these things. Um, yeah it definitely is very inventive and i think this is the thing i'd like to rewatch it again like with my nephews Mm. you know what i mean like i'd like to have that moment Mm -hmm. instead of with my three stinky dogs in my room you know on a friday night yeah (laughs) after visiting the snyderverse yeah all week long all week long and i can appreciate that i i think that that's um fair statement about about the movie for sure and i i think it i think it's interesting um because it is so 
weird and nonsensical, but at the same time, it's so deep. Like this whole idea of good versus evil, mm-hmm. um, the the supreme being, you know, when he says, oh, like God, and they're like, well, we're not like on first name basis with him or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I love there were some good lines in the movie like that. There were some good lines. Yeah, it's just an interesting movie. I, I like movies that take a look and series like the good place is another one that does this where Mm -hmm. they take a look at the the traditional mythos and understanding of the creation in the judeo-christian sense and then they say you know this idea of god and good versus evil and everything else and they they take it to and put it into different terms and kind of deconstruct that a little bit and i think that this movie does that with Mm -hmm. you know okay this is what we did we helped create a bunch of stuff and then we created this really stinky tall tree and so then the supreme being put us on this repair task of like fixing all these holes in the universe and i'm like you know like it's in a lot of ways that makes sense and it's like an updated version of we only had seven days to create it and all this like (laughs) there's gonna be holes in the universe yeah So I, I, I love that kind of stuff. And so for me, that, that was really enjoyable in the show. Um, I do feel like similar to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, this does drag on in the middle and it does mm-hmm. feel a little bit bloated where it's like, okay, are we still going with this? Like what? Okay. Uh-huh. We're, we're still in the middle of, it, it of could have happening. lost 20 minutes. It's it, it, at an hour and a half. I think it would, it would yeah. play better. Yeah, I agree. I agree but- with that. I mean, it just the 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 inventiveness of it, having them For fall sure. through the universe, and they they don't they they don't, they're they're trying to get rich, so they're trying yeah. to rob people. And you know, um, when you get um, Ian Holm as Napoleon, yeah, you know, the, you get Sean Connery as Agamemnon. The I mean, casting in this cameos. is incredible. Like just these small parts, and we're not talking about like Sean Connery, like before. We're, this is post James Bond, big star yeah. Sean Connery. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, and he's just in this small part, and he's just and, in and there. And that's the thing with Gilliam is he makes these weird movies, but he gets incredible Ooh. actors to be in them. Twelve Monkeys, Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis, um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, Johnny Depp, and Guillermo. Or, um, um, Benicio del Toro, I think. Um, even yeah. even in um, the La Mancha Don Quixote movie, he got Adam Driver. You know, <laughs> right? Fair so, Loathing in Las Vegas is the only movie I got up and walked out of. By the way, but I wow. have to say, it's because I literally just got out of film school, like mm. a month or two. Like I was already, I was still in this pretentious like film school brain if you've never if you've never gone to film school you don't understand it but I, get just, you. I, w- I would put it in the same vein as somebody that has just become vegan uh-huh mm-hmm. and so they have to yep. tell everybody how yep. amazing they are because mm. they're vegan that's like a kid right out of film school that, and you I mean, nailed it you <laughs> and nailed I was it. In, i'm sorry if you're vegan i don't hate you but you have to admit like um but yeah so i was i was in la I saw it with my film school friends and I was like, what the crap is this? This is awful. <laughs> and I got up and I walked out of the film. Like I can't even imagine. Could you imagine me now? Like no, getting no. up and walking out of a movie. I've sat through some really big stinkers. <laughs> yeah. But you go through, you watch it all the way to the end. You, you don't give up. That's like, awesome. So I've seen all of it since, but 
Like, there's just this thing about his movies, I guess. They really, like, that is, I like him as a director because he really does hit a chord with you either way. Like, exactly. there's no middle, middle ground, and you're, I do You're not like going to be bored. You're not going to be bored in a Gilliam film. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think you're right, Val. I think there are a lot of the movies that we've talked about that we've mentioned that he's done people either really, really like him or they really, really hate him. And it's funny because it's not necessarily the same group for every movie either. Cause there's right. going to be some people that are like, Oh yeah, I love, you know, 12 monkeys, but no, I really hated, you know, time bandits or fear and loathing in Las Vegas or something like that. So it's not like you're necessarily going to, they're, they're out there. I'm sure people that are like, Oh, if it's Terry Gilliam, I'm on board and I'm going to watch it no matter what. But I think you can find different groups for each movie that either hated it or loved it. And there's not a lot of in between. So one movie that I highly, if I were to do like a double feature with, with this one that I really recommend, it's a documentary and it's called lost in La Mancha. And back in the early two thousands, um, Gilliam has always wanted to do the Don Quixote story. This is a passion piece for him. He's tried to get it started and it's failed like four or five times. They finally start to film and this documentary crew is with them to kind of do behind the scenes. And this is like the most epic collapse of a movie ever. Like everything that can go wrong goes wrong. The, the set gets flooded and washes all the equipment out. They have um, actors who get injured there's all these issues that he has to deal with and try and overcome. And eventually they shut down the movie um, and then they remade it like 20 years later with Adam driver and they finally got it done. Um, but lost in La Mancha is just it, it, in a lot of ways, it sums up Gilliam. Gilliam has always felt like an outsider. He's always mm -hmm. felt like a, a, a freak and kind of a weird guy. Never know. And he <laughs> doesn't, doesn't come through in his films at all. Nope, nope, doesn't flavor at all. Um, and so he rallies against religion. He rallies against traditional storytelling. He rallies against all the... He's always fighting. And mm -hmm. in some ways, that's really good for a film. But then there are other films of his where it's like, eh, I don't know. He's one of my favorite directors just because he is so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. And I... And I can always appreciate that. And I and I actually I enjoyed watching this movie. It was very nostalgic for me. It is very eighties. It's very, very. 80s. It's very eighties fantasy type. Yes, movie. Yes, and uh -huh. like the the cheap special effects. There's just something about sitting down and watching a movie that was made in the eighties that was some kind of fantasy type, like Never Ending Story or Labyrinth uh -huh. or uh -huh. you know Time Bandits fits in that same genre for me where it just. Like that's what we grew up on. And yeah. now when you think fantasy, you think more Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, right. that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, there's a lot more big budget stuff out there, um, including like even Harry Potter is in there. And it's just like yeah, I miss the there's just something special about sitting down and watching a movie that you have to have a little bit of imagination to actually escape into that world. But once you're in there, you're in there all the way. And it is cheesy, cheap effects, but it just works on some level for me for some reason. I think that I, if I was to double feature this, because it would probably make me enjoy the a little bit more is like putting the last starfighter with mm. this, like yes. doing a double feature with that. Yes. This, because I feel like they have kind of the same feel. Um, and, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, 
yeah, again, like movies, if you're not in the right headspace to watch them, they, they can be good or bad. Like, you right. know, but I, I do think like watching it with my nephews and then like, okay, let's do Last Starfighter, you know, this movie in the same night would be really fun. Like, I think that would be a, a good. I like that night. combo. Yeah. I like that yeah. combo a lot. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I mean, this is this was an interesting movie. It definitely fits in our March Madness offbeat movies. Um, I, I hey, think what was your favorite part of the film? Favorite like, part of the film? Do you have a film? favorite mo- moment, Tracy, since you, it was your um, I don't know if I have a favorite moment. There's some, there's some stuff that sticks out to me. When I was a kid, I loved the idea of the map with the holes in the universe. Mm-hmm. I loved the invisible barrier. I thought that was just so cool. And all it is is they just put up like sheets of glass, but it just it was so cool to think that there's just this invisible barrier and the castle behind it. And um, going back the- and watching it, I love the little cameos of Michael Palin and um, um, what's her Shelley Duvall. Yes, I thought <laughs> Shelley Duvall is like the the medieval princess who's getting robbed and tied to the tree. And then yes. when they get on the Titanic and they're all just lounging on the chairs on the Titanic and then the boat starts to stink and the guy's like, it's not like they said, take a trip on a boat and hit an iceberg. Like, how are we <laughs> supposed to know? Yeah. Well, I, I okay. love, I love that, uh, that, that joke with Shelley Duvall and Michael Palin that, that it keeps playing throughout the film. And, and Ben even said, he's that like, thing? why do they, yeah. He's like, why, why are they? Still, to, or what are they talking about? Why do they keep talking about seven, whatever? And I'm like, well, they keep showing up because it's a, it's called a running gag. And I explained to him what a running gag was. So then okay. he said, okay, like. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love when they hit the invisible barrier, and one of them says, "Oh, this is what an invisible barrier looks like." Yes, correct. Like nothing. It looks like nothing. It was awesome. The okay, other hear one. Me the, out. The... Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Uh-huh. Last Starfighter, Time Bandits, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Sandwich It. I'm in. I'm in. I- um, I'm not I a huge really, fan of Hitchhiker. But yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I really I didn't like... It. basically Hitchhiker with a big, like, a smaller budget. Like, <laughs> Are you describing this movie to me? If I wouldn't have seen this movie, I would think that you're talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and, that, and that's a great point. The it book is. is so much better than any film adaptation that's, because that's I think it's thing. so hard to adapt that book to a film or even yes. a series. I and really honestly, and that's a great point because if you want to know British humor. You got to watch Monty Python. You've got to watch some of the Terry Gilliam. Even though he was American born, he really gets it, especially Mm -hmm. in this time of his career. You've got to read Douglas Adams um, Mm -hmm. and you've got to read Terry uh, uh, Pratchett, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like those are the, like, if you want to understand when people talk about British humor and that really offbeat, like that, those are some of the classic examples that I think of. Uh, And so I, I agree. Like this is in the same vein as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The newest movie, I just didn't really care for that much. But the books yeah. are amazing, and the humor yeah. is very similar to what this is, for sure. So, Val, there is an opportunity for redemption for this film for you, because Apple TV has purchased the rights to the film, and they are going to be making a limited series. And the uh, pilot episode, it will be produced by Gilliam. He, he won't be directing 
but the script for the for the series and the first episode will be directed by one of our favorite directors, Taika Waititi. And if there's oh. anybody that can play in a Terry Gilliam universe and make it more palatable for Val, I think it's Taika Waititi. I think he could do a lot of fun with this. <laughs> this is the thing about Taika, and I know I'm going to get some hate mail, so you can tell him where to send it. Um, <laughs> Podcast I- movies at makeus.com. Taika, Taika is hit and miss for me. I really like him. I love his creative mind. Um, sometimes I think he does need to get checked, and I don't think anybody mm-hmm. checks him. Um, and but I do think like this is right up his alley. Will I enjoy it more? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think I need a palate cleanser. I think because since Monday to this Monday, like for this whole week, I have been in like the DC universe, which mm-hmm. is, is good if it happened like before 2000, like, you know, yeah. um, but, um, you, you I don't should know, watch Suzanne that, that might help clear you. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> um, again, I think I just needed to be in like a different frame of mind to watch it, but sure. I, I like ridiculous and I, I am going to give this movie a C. I'm going to just gonna throw that out there. Um, mm-hmm. It is a C for me. There are things about it that I appreciate. Um, there are things that I think as a kid, like I would have appreciated more seeing mm-hmm. it. But then I do also think that Gilliam is um, a little pretentious. And we all know that he knows yep. that he said it. Like mm-hmm. I've seen some interviews and he knows who he is. And so it wasn't necessarily, I think it's because I know it wasn't necessarily that he was trying to make a kid's movie. He was just trying to make this movie that was ridiculous. People gave him like full whatever to do it. Um, and so I think it's a little bit different for me. If you're a, a director, producer trying to make a kid's movie for a kid, I think there's a, a, there's a different respect. He was trying to make this ridiculous movie because he wanted to and he could and he was giving full carte launch to do it and nobody checked him you know and so there were a lot like you said if if you cut like 30 minutes out of this film and tightened it up a little bit um i think i would have enjoyed it a little bit more and i probably would have given it like a b minus okay okay um yeah I, i to me this is this is a terry gilliam film through the lens of a child um, I, I don't know that it was, I mean, yes, it is a, a project that he and Michael Palin came up with and wrote. Um, he did help produce it. It was also produced by George Harrison from the mm-hmm. Beatles who That's wrote cool. the theme song or not the theme song, but wrote the, the, the song that plays over the credits. He wrote that specifically for, for the film. Nice. Um, nice. but, um, it, nostalgia wise and this we've talked about this before is sometimes you have the nostalgia rating and you have the current yeah. uh film reviewer rating um nostalgia rating i would have said this was like an a minus um i i loved it i love the line i think my favorite line in the movie is at the very end where he goes mom dad it's evil don't touch it and the family explodes you know i mean it's just so <laughs> but um the, the supreme being make sure you clean up all the evil you know you don't want to leave any evil lane behind and um mm-hmm. i i think but as a current reviewer as in the stage of my life that i'm at it is bloated it could easily lose 20 minutes out of its hour 50 
running time um, and not missed it. You could probably even tighten it to 30 minutes gone, like Val said. But like Jake said, it does have that 80s feel. It's a Gilliam film. If you've never experienced Gilliam, this is a fairly safe place to start. You don't want to start with Fear and Loathing. Um, right. 12 Monkeys, I would say 12 Monkeys and Time Bandits are the introductory to the Gilliam mindset and universe. Um, I, I'm going to give this one a B. It's not perfect, but there's some really good lines. There's some really good cameos. I love how different it is. I love how inventive it is. Um, so I'm giving it a B. Yeah, I, I think it's a B for me as well. Um, it, it It's enjoyable. It's fun. Uh, it's wacky. It's everything you expect it to be, knowing who did it, who wrote it, who uh, directed it. Um, the, the child actor, Kevin, who's in it, does a really good job. Um, and just he's in it throughout the whole film. He does a fine in that role. And, and I think that that's good too. And, um, yeah, just overall, it was just enjoyable and fun and weird. And sometimes I like enjoyable, fun and weird movies. And this one hit the spot for me this this week. That's what this month is for. Yeah. But, but what other film is going to cast? Um, I don't know the the correct term to use, but um, short pe- shorter people um, yeah. in major I, yeah. roles like that. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if this is okay to say, but I I mean it's just the truth. But during the eighties, during that time, there was actually a lot of movies made with the same small people cast. Yes, They're, they did a, a Snow White series with them in it and then there was also like masterpiece theater was doing a bunch and that's why when i first turned it on i was like i feel like i've seen this movie but then i was like well no it's just a lot of the same um small people little people i don't i don't know the right i don't know the the correct term yeah um uh term that were in it and it was really that nostalgia was really great for me because i remember watching um that snow white version with them mm-hmm. in it from um, the 80s. And I watched it probably one week. That nostalgia was great. Like, I really, really liked that. Yeah, for sure. So next week, we've got we got a doozy coming. We do. I, I've never seen this film. I'm very interested to see it. I'm interested to see Jake's reaction. We've got the movie Rubber. Yeah. And it's- give us a quick rundown on that film. All right, teaser. and hold on, because I'm going to have to show my ID really quick. I'm getting my shot right now, and these Woo-hoo! people are uh, standing out in the rain for me so that I am able to get my shot at the Maverick Center today. Um, wow. Oh, looks like the line. Okay, so this is the thank thing you, about volunteers. rubber. Yeah, all of the volunteers, thank you. Um, so this is the thing about rubber. Um, my fiancé, Dave, I call him my ex-boyfriend. Um, he's <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. My ex-boyfriend and fiance Dave. My ex-boyfriend Wait, Dave. Um, he was given this movie as a referral because people knew that as we got deeper into the first part of the quarantine when we had to all stay home, like um, April, May of last year, um, mm-hmm. that we were watching just really bad movies. So somebody's like, have you guys seen the movie Rubber? And so he found it and we watched it and it is... Like, I think that we're, the grades that I think we're going to give this are going to be, a li- I think, a little bit like today that, that we put them up in the, in the fact of what the movie is might be a low grade, but what they did creatively in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like. Ascension tire. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I do, I do. I feel like, cause if you've ever had to make, like, I think we've all made short films, right? right. And, and I feel like if you have ever had to make a short film with almost no budget makes sense, you're going to really like respect the way that they did these things and the tricks. There's a lot of tricks like camera tricks, film tricks in this movie um, because I don't know, maybe they made it with like $25, maybe 150 bucks. Like maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They're making Robert Rodriguez look like a big spender. (laughs) They're like sitting around one day and they're like, Hey, let's make a movie about a killer tire. Sounds great. Let's do it. Like start right now. It was, I want to look it up and I haven't, but every time I think about it, I'm like, okay, I need to look this up. But every time I look it up, I want to, um, or watch it or think of it. I want to look it up and see if it was someone's like thesis project at film school. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Cause it just uh-huh. it has that feel, but it's not like the depressing film school movies that you usually see. Like it's the <laughs> creative guy that's going to yeah. be the Robert Rodriguez later. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's, uh-huh. but it's weird and it's bad and it's amazing. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. And in in between recording that episode mm-hmm. and recording this episode, we have a live episode on Thursday that we just want to remind everybody about again. Um, it is going to be taking a look at the Snyder Cut, officially titled Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about it with some friends. And that is this upcoming Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get alerted when that does go live. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, but it will be even more fun if you guys are all there participating and asking us questions and commenting as well. So uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. Busy week, but it'll be good. How's Hi, how's it going? Good. I was getting a COVID shot live on the air. <laughs> I don't know what you needed. Yeah, so I'm getting my first dose, guys. But keep talking about the Snyder Cut. All right. All right. We'll keep talking about it. But yeah, so that so that's coming up this week as well, um, and then shortly after that, first week in April is our hundredth episode, and so that's again going to be another live episode that we're doing. So exciting! Um, yeah, it is awesome to make it to a hundred is a big deal as far as podcasts go. A lot of them don't make it that far, and to enjoy it as much as we have has been great as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if I brought a pen, guys. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Dang it. Do they yeah. not have a pen for you to use? Um, I don't think so. We're outside. Like, I'm at the Maverick Center, so it's like a drive through. I thought they might have like a clipboard. Find one. Yeah. But I have my card. Prick your Woo! finger and like write it in blood. You'll be fine. So I'm hoping, um, I can't hear you guys very well because it's kind of loud out here, but I'm hoping that for our 100th episode, we can actually do it together. That would be wonderful. That would be awesome. All be... Even if we've got to space out a little bit, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, that's so. my hope. Yay! All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Val, for getting your shot. Everybody. Yes. In Utah, you if you're 16 and older, you can set an appointment starting the 24th. Do it, get it done. Um, and get that shot, man. Thanks so call. much. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> thanks everybody so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to see you on Thursday as we talk about the cider cut. And in the meantime, we won't see you at the movies. Don't Bye. touch it. It's him. <laughs>
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.